Seattle hockey fans, it is a game day for our Coachella Valley Firebirds. Not just any game day, but an important game day. What is one stat that we still have to work on if we won our first ever AHL championship? We're going to talk about that. And our first edition picks one through 10 of the Locked On NHL mock draft. That's what you got coming this episode of Locked On Kraken. You are Locked On Kraken. Your daily podcast on the Seattle Kraken. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are the Seattle Kraken. Hey, hey, what do you say, Seattle hockey fans? Welcome to another episode of Locked on Kraken. I'm your host, Erica L. Ayala. You can find Locked on Kraken just like every show as part of the Locked on Podcast Network, free and available wherever you listen to audio podcasts and on YouTube. Hello, YouTubers. Hello, everydayers. You know it's a game day. It's a Coachella Valley Firebirds game day. It's the most important game day of our AHL franchise history. That's right. Game seven in the Calder Cup finals. Someone's going home a champion. Either way, that championship trophy, the Calder Cup, is being raised at Acrisure Arena, and we want to make sure that it is the Coachella Valley Firebirds that are raising and hoisting that cup at the end of the game tonight. We are going to be having a game day episode, a watch-along uh, and that's going to be happening on YouTube. So if you are not watching on YouTube, make sure you head to our YouTube channel. There's already a link there. You can hit the notification bell so that you will get a reminder that we are going live at 7 p.m. Pacific time. That is 9 p.m. Central time and 10 p.m. Eastern. I can't wait to talk to you about it. A reminder that this episode of Locked on Kraken brought to you by FanDuel, official sports book of Locked on. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com backslash Locked on today to get started. Where we're going to start is just basically with um, getting you ready for game seven. Now, a reminder that the Coachella Valley Firebirds were up two games to none in this series, and they have won every game at Acrisure Arena. It was just those pesky three games in the middle of the series at Hershey that troubled us. We lost those games, game three, five, four overtime loss, game four, a three, two loss, and game five, a one, Zero overtime loss, the only shutout for the Coachella Valley Firebirds in this series. But game six, for obvious reasons, was my favorite. But here's what else I liked. We came out with an intensity. We didn't score first, but we had a um, not quite a response goal. But the response of that first goal by Max McCormick was massive. He got fired up. He was giving us like a karate kid meets angels in the outfield kind of goal celebration. And it was really exciting. For those not watching on YouTube, I'm flailing my arms uh, vertically. That's the angels in the outfield thing. And although I am sitting, I am raising my left leg. And that's the karate kid reference. Anyway, 
overall in this series, the Coachella Valley Firebirds have scored 20 goals to the Hershey Bears 11 goals. Now, I told you there's one stat that I'm really looking out for, and that's power plays. We are 20 of 97 on the advantage. 20 power play goals out of 97 opportunities. And we did score two of those in the last game, in game six. There was a good intensity. We were hounding the Hershey Bears in game six. And a lot of the things that we talked about in that pregame, if you missed it, you can watch that on the YouTube channel or wherever you listen to your audio podcast. I did a live pregame. We had a few technical difficulties, and I went on an epic rant, as I am known to do. But what I talked about there, I think the most salient thing is what we are not going to do is let anybody else raise a championship trophy in our brand new barn except for us. Can you imagine? Can you even imagine? We built up a fan base in the desert for an AHL squad, make it to the final, and then we lose to the Hershey Bears? No. We have to commit ourselves to knowing without a without a shadow of a doubt that we are going to win this game. Now, uh, there are a few things that I want to talk about when it comes to the Calder Cup and Game 7s because um, we know that the Hershey Bears, they've kind of been there, done that. They know all about... This league, the AHL, and they know a little something about Game 7s. The first time the Hershey Bears appeared in a Game 7 was April 10th, 1941. They lost to the Cleveland Barons in overtime. Then their next crack at it would be the very next year against the Indianapolis Capitals. I'm going to put this up on the YouTube page so you can follow with me. I'm reading from the bottom up, so you'll see it scroll up here. And if you're listening on audio, don't worry, I've got you covered. So again, April 5th, 1942, the Indianapolis Capitals get an 8-3 win. So they got, they got annihilated in that one. It would be in 1947 when the Hershey Bears would take on the Pittsburgh Hornets. That would be their next game seven. Obviously, the Bears blanked the Hornets. And then two years later, they would fall to the Providence Reds 4-2, April 17th, 1949. Then the Hershey Bears against the Buffalo Bison. They would fall to the Bison 6-2, May 1st, 1963. I think my mom was in single digits when that game took place. And then we... We really don't see the Hershey Bears, at least not in a Calder Cup Finals Game 7, since May 1st, 1963. So uh, we don't have the benefit of that history. This is the first ever Finals. This is the first ever Game 7 for our Coachella Valley Firebirds. But again, we like that our team is really crushing it. Cole Lind has 30 points. He's leading the league with 30 points in the postseason. Max McCormick has a league-high 13 playoff goals. Riker Evans has been great. Joey Decord has played every minute 
of the Calder Cup playoffs and a 221 goals against average, a 926 save percentage. And, you know, it, it just, we just get better and better. And we unfortunately did not play well on the road. But we have played very effective and very well at Acrisure Arena. It's another sold-out crowd. Are you going? Are you going to be there tonight? I'm going to be watching, and you can watch along with us. Again, the watch party on YouTube. Just look for that logo. We've got a fan already with a Calder Cup cutout at one of the games at Acrisure Arena. Yeah, we're hungry for the cup. Coming up next on Locked on Kraken, let's... um. You know, we ran through, we're getting ready for game seven and ran through the keys to the game. It's going to be our offense. It's going to be a, being effective on the power play. I think Joey Decord has to have another big game. If for any reason he doesn't, then you need other players to step up. I mean, Cameron Hughes has been stepping up. Ty Cartier has been great. Uh, you know, Shane Wright has been doing things that don't necessarily, they're not the flashiest things that happen for this team, but he has been effective as well. So those are some of my keys. Be aggressive, be relentless, be lethal offensively, clean up things defensively, play that possession game that we like, get a good performance from Joey Dax, and then you got to get some love from a few other people. Speaking of Joey Dax, before we move on, look at that. In Dak We Trust, welcome back, boys. Look at those cutie pies with the pigtails. Uh, I can't wait to see what the signs look like tonight. But coming up, whoop, coming up on this episode, I'm actually going to take you over to the mock draft. Part one picks one through 10 of the mock draft for the Locked on NHL show are live, and you'll get to hear them coming up on Locked on Kraken. But as I mentioned at the top of the show, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Baseball season is in full swing, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com backslash locked on to join Today, you don't want to miss your chance to snag that no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com backslash locked on to sign up. FanDuel is the official sports partner, sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. The Major League Baseball trademark is used with permission. As promised, I'm going to take you over to the mock draft. Again, you're listening to Locked on Kraken. The Seattle Kraken, we have the 20th pick overall. And I, I asked you, I've been asking you, who did you want? Who do you want us to pick at 20? I got some names on social media today. And as you will see, some of those names have already been picked. You'll see that some of the names that were mentioned and check out at Locked on Kraken. But some of the picks, one of the picks in particular mentioned uh, by, I believe it's an account that calls themselves the Seattle Kraken GM. Um, you'll see that uh, some of those picks already gone. But what position do you think I picked? Who do you want to see go at number 20? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm curious. We're going to definitely talk about it. We'll talk about it a little bit on Friday and certainly next week as we'll have all of the picks in by Monday. But without further ado, I want to take you to Hadi Kalakesh and Gil Martin as they bring you picks one through 10 
as selected by the Locked On hosts. Again, this is pick one through 10 as selected by the Locked On hosts on behalf of the teams that we cover. Hey, I'm Gil Martin, one of the hosts of Locked On NHL. And today we bring you each of the top 10 picks courtesy of our local hosts from the Locked On NHL Network paired with analysis of each selection by Hadi Kalakesh of Locked On NHL Prospects. Let's kick things off with the Chicago Blackhawks, who are on the clock with the first overall pick. Hadi, I wonder who Jack Bushman is going to select. Oh, this one's a head-scratcher, isn't it? (laughs) With the first overall pick in the 2023 NHL Draft, the Chicago Blackhawks are proud to select Connor Bedard forward from the Regina Pats of the WHL. And I know there have been some concerned Blackhawks fans out there recently about the organization possibly screwing this up, along with some folks in the hockey world thinking this could be another Lindros situation. That's really all been put to bed in the last couple of weeks. Uh, The Blackhawks have been pumping out videos on their social media channels leading up to the draft, and Connor Bedard's been featured in all of them. We've also heard Connor himself speak out to the media about how honored and excited he would be if the Blackhawks were to pick him at number one overall. So there's really no other choice here for the Blackhawks to make. Bedard is an incredible talent coming off a dominant season, 71 goals, 72 assists, and 57 WHL games. Also dominated the U19 World Juniors at just 17 years old. Make no mistake about it, Connor Bedard will be the number one overall selection for the Blackhawks come June 28th. So no surprise, the uh, Blackhawks go with Connor Bedard uh, as the first overall pick. And, you know, people have been saying Connor Bedard is a generational talent for a long time. What makes him so special and worthy of that moniker? Well, this is a great pick by Jack Bushman, our host of uh, Locked on Blackhawks, for a very simple reason. This is the best prospect in this draft by a decent margin and that's no knock on anyone who comes after him it's just Connor Bedard has the skill level of an elite player but that alone doesn't make a generational prospect what makes a generational prospect is adaptability and Bedard has that in spades just the ability to manipulate the game to his will uh the ability to change his game when needed when he's being triple teamed by uh, opposing defenders uh he finds a way makes a pass gets in gets out of pressure and then pops up on mark in an area he's just his, his skill set is elite um, and and the mindset of his game is so so solid. He's not stuck in a, in one way or another. He really knows how to shape his game to the uh, to the events. So yeah, and there's no doubt at this point, or maybe it was at the start of the year, but now there's no doubt. Connor Bedard is the best prospect in this draft, and a great pick at first overall by the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, totally makes sense. No surprise there whatsoever. And you know, we move on now to pick number two. And the Anaheim Ducks are on the clock. With the second pick in the Locked On NHL Mock Draft, the Anaheim Ducks are proud to select Adam Fantilli, a center from the University of Michigan Wolverines. Fantilli led the entire NCAA in points with 65, tied for the lead with 30 goals, and dominated throughout the season, helping lead Michigan to the Frozen Four. He also won the Hobie Baker Award as the top D1 college hockey player and only the third freshman in history to win the award, along with Jack Eichel and someone you may have heard of who played for the Mighty Ducks, Paul Correa. Fantilli already has an NHL-ready body at 6'2", 195 pounds, 
though he is sure to fill that out even more and easily get north of 200 pounds. Imagine having these three down the middle, Trevor Zegras, Mason McTavish, and Adam Fantilli. Even better, imagine all three of them on the power play. So with the second pick, well, J.D. Hernandez for the Anaheim Ducks goes with Adam Fantilli of the University of Michigan. Hattie, your thoughts on Fantilli as the number two pick? Well, you know, he won the Hobie Baker, so that'll give you a good idea of how good he is, right? Um, this prospect is a great consolation prize, about as good a consolation prize as, can, as you can ever get at second overall uh, for an NHL team. Uh, best asset for him is his forechecking by a decent margin, but his skill set is high end. He's got a good motor, uh, two way game as well as refined. He's a very developed prospect with still some room to add more and more elements to his game to even make him better than he already is. But Infantilli, you're getting a, at the very least, at, in, in terms of worst case scenario, you're getting a second line center. So to get that a second overall, um, a prospect with a baseline of a second line and who can work his way up to a first line, become a franchise center. It's fantastic value at second. Uh, this is what makes this draft so exciting is that you don't have to pick first overall to get an, an elite prospect in your in your lineup. So yeah, Fantelli is a great, great pick here. And I'm excited to see what he's going to do uh, for the Anaheim Ducks in the near future. Next up on the clock, the Columbus Blue Jackets. And let's see what Jay Foster has to say about their pick. With the third pick in the Locked On Mock Draft 2023, the Columbus Blue Jackets are proud to select center Leo Carlson from Arebro HK in the Swedish Hockey League. Uh, he is a future number one center for this team. He's not flashy, but he is big, he is solid, he can do a ton of little things right. Uh, he is the perfect piece to put between Johnny Cadreau and Patrick Laine. And he's already got two full seasons in, of men's hockey under his belt in Sweden. Uh, this season, he had 25 points in 44 games, which doesn't sound like a lot. He then added nine points in 13 playoff games for Arebro. And he just feels like the franchise center that this team has been looking for for such a long time. We're going to keep talking about this and him on Lockdown Blue Jackets in the weeks to come. How do your thoughts on the Columbus Blue Jackets going with Leo Carlson with the number three overall selection? This is a great pickup as well. I feel like it's a great fit, and it's a pick I could very well see Armo Kekalainen make. Um, Carlson has a bit of the same elements as Fantilli, uh, but minus the forechecking, and I'd say he's got slightly better playmaking. Um, in terms of in terms of centers who support their defense in transition, who skate the puck up the ice effortlessly and constantly try to drive the middle and find offense in the middle of the ice, Leo Carlson's exactly that. And I've kind of got the same prognostic with kind of maybe a small, a lower ceiling than Fantilli's, but the same idea of you're getting a, at minimum a second line center uh, in Leo Carlson, and then he can work his way up the lineup and become a first line center. Um, numbers in his draft year in the SHL on par with the Sedins, on par with Matt Sundin. This is a great and very smart pickup for uh, Columbus at third overall. It's kind of a no brainer at this point. All right, moving on now to the fourth pick as the San Jose Sharks are on the clock. With the fourth pick of the Locked On Network NHL mock draft, the San Jose Sharks are proud to select Matvey Michkov from Ska St. Petersburg of the KHL. While there are concerns of him potentially never coming to the NHL, the benefits far outweigh the risk. The idea of adding what many consider to be the best Russian prospect since Ovechkin is just too much to pass up at number four. Michkov has a legitimate game-breaking talent to a Sharks prospect pool that has desperate need of star talent. 
With Mitrov coming over in the 2026 season, he could be the final piece to a Sharks team that should be looking to contend for the playoffs by then. Fourth pick, J.D. Young takes uh, Matt Vi Mitchkoff from Russia. Your thoughts about the Sharks going with uh, Mitchkoff? I feel like if, yeah, I feel like if any team is going to go for Matvey Mishkov, it's going to be San Jose. Their timeline is a bit longer for success. They've got the time to to have him wait out his contract, play in the KHL until he's he's uh, his contract expires in twenty five twenty six, um, and then have him come in at, on an entry level contract and have him be pretty much a ready product in their top six. Mishkov is a fantastic scorer. Um, with underrated playmaking, great hands. Uh, he's one of the best scorers in tight around the net. Around six feet around the net, he's lethal. Um, so I feel like he's going to be a great fit with the uh, with the William Eklins and Thomas Bordelos that are already in the pipeline in, in San Jose. Like I said, if any team's going to take Michkov in the top five, it's going to be San Jose. Otherwise, it's probably going to slip into the 8, 9, 10 range because of the scares with Russia, but I'm not concerned at all. This is a prospect who has a skill set to, to rival Connor Bedard in the future. Fifth overall, the Montreal Canadiens. With the fifth pick in the Locked On NHL Mock Draft, the Montreal Canadiens are proud to select from the U.S. National Team Development Program center Will Smith, committed to Boston College. This is the ideal situation of best player available in an area of need as the Canadians continue their rebuild, getting a highly skilled player in Will Smith, who is part of a triumvirate of just top prospects in this upcoming NHL draft. With Mishkov and Carlson off the board, it was too hard to ignore the possibility and talents of a player like Will Smith, and we are happy to add him to a deep and continuing to grow Montreal Canadiens prospect pool yeah so uh scott made a great pick here i think it's really the most obvious pick for montreal at fifth overall especially if the top four goes as it is um personally there's a prospect who went eighth overall that i would take here but i'm very happy with will smith and i think kent hughes having literally coached will smith uh at lower levels uh i think this is a really great fit for montreal they're looking for a top six center who can move the puck, who can stick handle and skate and 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 make plays, connect plays really well. That's Will Smith. Um, he's kind of hemmed in as a playmaker right now in his current role on the NTDP, but his shot is really underused and underrated, and he can work that up to become a 30-35 goal, 90-point upside player, which is extremely good value at fifth overall. Uh, but this is a draft class as it is. The, the talent at the, top end, at the top end is insane. So, um, yeah, this is a really great fit for Montreal, in my opinion. With the sixth pick in the Locked On NHL Mock Draft, the Arizona Coyotes select from Sweden, Dalibor Dvorsky. I know it might be a surprising pick, at, but to uh, to our eyes, next best available for Arizona in this sense at this draft position, Dvorsky standing at 6'1", 201 pounds, to start to the perfect Bill Armstrong style player. He's big and he's physical. And while he's a center, which is a uh, position that the Coyotes do have plenty of, especially when prospects, the Coyotes can certainly use somebody with his playmaker IQ. So your thoughts on the Coyotes and Robin Leano taking Dalibor Dvorsky with the sixth overall pick? This is high, in my opinion, a tiny bit high. Um, I've got him 19th in my current rankings, and it's really simply for the fact that I have a lot of trouble seeing him succeed against top defenders uh, at the NHL level. I see him very much as a guy who uh, you can pretty much guarantee is going to play in your middle six, uh, but I have a hard time seeing him become anything more than a second line center. 
Um, I love the skill set. He's a great shooter. Um, One-timer, wrist shot, all that's fantastic. Um, he's got great off-puff movement as well to find those pockets of space. I'm not really sold on his defensive game. I don't think he's the best in transition either. Some skating issues do need to come some way. Um, but he's a prospect who has a lot to add in his game. And if you can work him well enough uh, and especially improve that hockey sense and make him even more aware of his surroundings, you could end up with a gem here at six. But I'm not entirely sold on that possibility. There are some guys I would have taken first, but... Regardless, six two centers who can shoot the lights out. You don't get those often outside of the top ten. So this is a, an okay pick in my opinion. Up number seven now is the Philadelphia Flyers. With the seventh pick in the Locked On NHL mock draft, the Philadelphia Flyers select Ryan Leonard from the United States National Team Development Program. Making this pick, we focused on what we think the Flyers would do here, and Ryan Leonard fits the bill perfectly. He's a physical power forward with the skill to back it up. He can play in all situations and plays a full 200-foot game, winning board battles and creates space for himself and his line mates no matter where he is on the ice. Plus, he has great hands and a shot that any team would want with 94 points in 57 games on the USNTDP team, plus the third highest point total and gold medal game winning overtime goal on an all-star line at U18 Worlds. He has proven he can produce in high pressure situations as well. Next on the clock, the Washington Capitals. So the Flyers go with a center as well. Ryan Leonard, your thoughts on that pick made by Rachel Donner? Yeah, so Rachel went the uh, very Philadelphia Flyers um, direction here with Ryan Leonard. I'd say he's the uh, power forward of this draft. Uh, loves to drop the shoulder, loves to, to pick up the pace down the line. Uh, played a lot on the wing next to Will Smith uh, this year and really showed off his goal scoring ability. He's a really good goal scorer. He can shoot the lights out as well. Um, but what mainly makes him such an interesting uh, asset in the top 10 is just how good he is at compensating for his size, using his physicality well, using his mechanics well along the boards and winning board battles on his own. He's not the biggest guy, 5'11", 185 pounds, but um, plays much bigger than he is, and you can barely notice it on the ice. I think he's even got some room to grow in terms of his frame as well. So um, if you could get a six foot, 200-pound uh, power forward who can shoot the lights out, play on your top power play, get you a good 60, 65 points a, game, uh, points a year, at seventh overall, that's great value. I think it's a good pick and a, a pick that that's really fitting for the Flyers at seventh overall. All right. With up eighth now, the Washington Capitals. With the eighth pick in the Locked On NHL mock draft, the Washington Capitals select Zachary Benson, center left wing Winnipeg WHL. The Caps are looking to get younger and faster. They have that in Zachary Benson. Over the past three years in the U18 WHLers, only Connor Bedard has more points. And Benson has played at over a point per game throughout his entire career. He's only 5'10", but he's strong and has a great release. He plays at a high pace with incredible straight line speed, a high compete level, and handles the puck well. He is poised to one day be a great Washington Capitol. And Dan Holmey of the Washington Capitals of Locked On Capitals picking Zach Benson, a center from the Winnipeg Ice. How do you think Benson fits in in Washington, D.C.? This has to be my favorite pick of the top 10. Um, Zach Benson is everything you want in terms of, you know, making sure you win a cup. Um, so 
Benson is the two-way forward of this class. Um, despite his size, he plays really well defensively, really well physically. He's got some pace about him as well. Isn't necessarily the fastest, but moves the puck quick, gets into open pockets quick, and there's not a better off-puck mover than him. Every time I lose him on the ice, I look for the perfect spot where, where a player would be, and he's there. So he's not hard to find on the ice. Um, and he's one of the best playmakers in this draft as well. So there's so much love. I really believe in Benson's value as a future first-line center uh, with with high-end defensive impact who's going to play on your top power play and penalty kill. Great, great value here at 8th overall by the Capitals. All right, the ninth pick belonging to the Detroit Red Wings. With the ninth pick in the Lockdown NHL mock draft, the Detroit Red Wings select Oliver Moore, center from the United States National Development Program. The Detroit Red Wings still lack real depth down the middle and scoring to boot. Scotty and I have talked about that a lot, but they also want to seek a more defensive game underneath head coach Derek Lalone. Oliver Moore, while being also one of the, maybe one of the best centers in the draft, addresses those needs at the same time. He brings next level speed and fantastic hockey IQ that results in both scoring and defensive responsibility. A combo of Moore, Larkin, and Casper down the middle could become one of the deepest center pools in the league. And the Red Wings selecting Oliver Moore in our mock draft. Ryan Fisher making that pick from a locked on Red Wings. Your thoughts about Moore going to Detroit? It's funny because he's basically uh, Dylan Larkin. Right. He's got the exact same profile as Dylan Larkin in terms of having a, an extremely speedy. He's the best skater in the draft, having an extremely speedy, really good defensively, but also pretty skilled um, center here at ninth overall, I think is great value for, for Detroit. I think that um, for me, it was really hard to determine whether Will Smith or Oliver Moore were a better prospect uh, from the NTDP. Um now, at the end of the day, Will Smith is definitely going to score you more points, but I believe Oliver, Oliver Moore could be more impactful for you uh, when all is said and done in a lineup. So this is great value at ninth overall to the Red Wings. A great, great fit, and someone who can learn from Larkin and improve his game even further. All right, and rounding out the top 10, the St. Louis Blues. I'm Haley Simon with Locked on Blues, and with the 10th overall pick, the St. Louis Blues select a little bit of a drum roll. They select Axel Sandin Palika. Axel is a strong defender. He would help the Blues a lot. He likes to play more offensively, which would go a long way, especially when the Blues are on the PK. Axel would be one of those guys that would come in and get things done. This past season when he played, he had 22 goals, which is huge and definitely something that the Blues could utilize. While he is only 18 years old, he is 181 pounds of strong defense. And our host of Locked On St. Louis Blues, Haley Simon, going with Axel Sandin uh, Pelica. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. You are, yep. Our, our first defenseman coming off the board, 10th overall. Yeah, so Sandin Pelica is, um, in terms of archetypes, he's the offensive defenseman of this draft. Um, great, great puck mover, rarely makes a mistake in transition. Um, he isn't bombing pups up, uh, pucks up to his first option every time. He's comfortable hanging onto the puck, drawing pressure in, and finding a second or third option. Um, just a great, great transition and offensive defenseman. He needs some work in his own, in his own zone, that's for sure. Um, he's nowhere near a finished product defensively and might need some time to get up to par, but in terms of upside, I don't think there are many defensemen with the amount of upside he has. He reminds me a lot of John Klingberg and, and what I've seen from him. So, yeah, this I think this is a great pick for St. Louis at 10th. Do they go this direction on draft day? I don't know. 
but very interesting prospect within the top 10. One, a player I would definitely take at 10th. Thank you as always for making Locked on Crack and a part of your daily routine. We bring you your team every day. And don't forget, tonight it's a game day. And I will be doing my watch along. You know I wasn't going to miss game seven. I'm going to take a little nap, go for a little stroll. The weather has been all over the place here in Tulsa. We just had a thunderstorm before I started uh, recording. And now it's blue skies once again. So I'm going to get in a little ejercicio before tonight's game. 7 p.m. Pacific time, 9 p.m. my time central. I will catch you on YouTube. Be kind to yourselves. Be kind to each other. Hold fast. Stay true. And let's get fired up for the Coachella Valley Firebirds. Either way, the AHL will have a champion tonight. And you best believe we'll talk about it on the next episode of Locked on Kraken. Peace.